Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message from our lead pastor, Zion Douglas, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. We open up our Bibles to Acts chapter 2. It's a well-known piece of scripture. But I can honestly say that for nearly nearly two years, this this is these are a few verses that have just been reverberating in mind and Sophie's spirit. And we have been spending, I, I, I've spent honestly so long just holding on to this message. But it's got to the point that it's been so long holding on to this message that when it actually comes time to bring what we're believing for, it's as if, it's as if God's like, well, that's fantastic, but uh, you're going to have to rely on me for this. I've got a whole lot of notes. I've got a whole lot to get, uh, get through, but I'm relying on the Holy Spirit uh, tonight to really articulate exactly not, as, not what is on my heart, because it doesn't matter what's on my heart tonight, but what is on the heart of God. Can you hear me tonight? I know it's a Tuesday night. I know it's been raining today, but we're in the house of God. And so it doesn't matter what church you grew up in. It doesn't matter if you didn't grow up in a church at all. In this church, you can hoop, you can holler, you can stand on your chair. Actually, you're not allowed to do that. Uh, you can hoop, you can holler, and uh, you can politely stand on top of the person next to you. All right? Acts chapter 2 and verses 1 and 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Kind of like this. Verse 2, verse 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. The Passion Translation says it engulfed each one of them. In verse 4, all of them were filled. The Passion again, once again says, and equipped. They were, they were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I want to say this. I want to say that Holy Spirit is available to do a new thing. The Holy Spirit is here as we speak. The Holy Spirit is available for you and I. The Holy Spirit isn't a figment of our imagination or just some words in the, in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is real and He is wanting to be part of the future of Life Church. And as we go into the future, what I want, uh, to, what I believe in the Holy Spirit is saying about this year in particular is this a new wind, a new wind, a new wind, a new wind, a new wind. That's just the three words that have been engulfing myself and Sophie these last we, this last wee while, a new wind, a new wind, a new wind, a new wind. There is a new wind coming, and this new wind is the wind of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think this is just something for Life Church, let me be honest. I think this is something for the church as a whole. And it's been amazing as this has just been stirring inside of me for nearly two years, seeing other churches and other denominations even, and seeing big churches and small churches, seeing pastors that I know and pastors that are all on the other side of the world start speaking about the Holy Spirit, a new wind, a new wind, a new wind. And actually just this morning as uh, the Hillsong, I don't really want to uh, talk about Hillsong, but uh, Brian Houston brought the vision for this year. And guess what it was for, for Hillsong Church? A new wind. And I said, you've stolen my message. But it's okay. Guess the Holy Spirit speaking to all of us. The Holy Spirit means in the New Testament, Ruach, which is the breath and the wind of the Holy Spirit. The breath and the wind of the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing this year there's a new wind of the Holy Spirit for your family. I'm believing there's a new wind of the Holy Spirit for your thought life. 
I'm believing there's a new wind of the Holy Spirit for your dreams that have maybe died or been hidden or been dormant for too long. I'm believing there's a new wind of the Holy Spirit for your prayer life. I'm believing there's a new wind of the Holy Spirit for everywhere you step and the territory that is ours in Jesus' name. And as 21st Christians, uh, 21st century Christians, we generally uh, love everything that there is about two-thirds of the Godhead. Uh, as, t- as 21st Christians, we, we generally, we, we talk a lot about two-thirds of God. Uh, we talk about and we love everything about the Son, Jesus. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I've met him personally. He's great. His saving grace, his, his dying on the cross, his redemptive uh, nature, the name of Jesus itself, it's fantastic. We love, we love the name of Jesus. We love, the, we love the Son, Jesus. And as a church, we also love everything about the Father, His great kindness and sending His Son and uh, waiting for us with open arms like the prodigal. And we, we love the image of a Father, and especially if you've grown up with a, with a, with a Father that, that represents who God is truly as a Father, you just know, wow, the Father is amazing. But tonight, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, also known as the Holy Ghost, if you want to go old school, let's go King James Life Church. We're going to go there this year. We're going to go there. Cody's going to write some songs. They're all going to be about the Holy Ghost. We're not, we're no more Holy Spirit. Nah, kidding. I don't know. He isn't Casper the Friendly Ghost. He isn't a mystical force. He isn't a bolt of lightning or a Christian lightsaber you take out when you really need to uh, hit someone over the head. Holy Spirit was sent by God in the place of Jesus Christ, as we heard before. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. That was amazing. Here on earth to be with us and to empower us to live a life that is in a pursuit of Jesus. Holy Spirit is a person and he is here with us right now. I don't know what your theology is. I don't know what you think about it. I don't know what Bible you read, but my Bible through and through talks again and again from Genesis right through to Revelation about the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. And from the beginning of the church until now, there hasn't been a single moment in the last 200 years that the church, sorry, the last 2,000 years, wow, that's a long time. There hasn't been a single moment in the last 2,000 years that Holy Spirit hasn't been alive and active and ready and waiting to move. But I'm believing that right now, when the year 2020, like I've been hearing it for myself and like I've been seeing all across the globe, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to move again. I'm not saying I speak for Holy Spirit. I'm not saying I know everything about Holy Spirit. I've read a few books, but I'm, 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 I'm getting there. I'm along the way. But what I am saying is that I just get this inkling. I get this urge. I get this, I get this thing, this, this, something in my spirit that's just saying that this isn't all there is to church. That what you've experienced for church isn't all there is for church. And I know that the Holy Spirit has moved in the past. I know in the 38 years of, of life church that we have had some amazing moves of Holy Spirit. I know we've had some miracles happen on this altar. I know the Holy Spirit has moved in such a way that we can't define it, can't, can't even explain it. But Holy Spirit, you know when Holy Spirit's around because there's something in your spirit that just leaps. But what I am saying is that although the Holy Spirit has moved before, I'm believing for a new wind of Holy Spirit to come again. It's happened before and He can do it again. If Holy Spirit has healed your body, if Holy Spirit has brought your family together, if Holy Spirit has established this church on solid ground that is Jesus Christ, if Holy Spirit has moved throughout our city and filled this place with 700, 800 teenagers like I've seen with my own eyes before, He can do it again. 
We're not going to box him in. We're not going to tell him how to do it. We're not going to put him in the box of what we think he should be moving as and tell him these are our structures, so you need to fit inside of this. We're not going to say that, Holy Spirit, we start at 9.30 and, and our last service is 6 p.m., so that's the confinement to what you're allowed to move in. We're saying, Holy Spirit, do what you need to do. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit come to this church and have its way as it is in heaven. Amen. And if I'm speaking these words and something's reverberating in your spirit, that is an absolutely fantastic thing. Absolutely fantastic thing. And if you're all, if you're on the way there, I want to give us just quickly three things before I move on to something else of what we are believing for this year. And the first thing I'm believing for, the first thing that I believe Holy Spirit is saying to us is a new wind of worship. A new wind of worship is coming through. A new wind of worship is coming through the, uh, through Life Church and the churches across the globe. As we just experienced just before, I believe that's just an inkling. That's just, a, that's just a drop in the ocean of what Holy Spirit is wanting to sweep through this church once again. And any great move of the Holy Spirit was combined with a great move of people making God at the center of it all. And you can't have the move of the Holy Spirit if you don't make God the center of what we're doing. You can't make a Holy Spirit the, the king and, and you can't make Holy Spirit the epicenter of what's happening. You can't make what he does the epicenter of what we're doing. We make who God is as the epicenter. We must be obsessed with becoming more like Jesus. A new wind brings a new smell when we worship. There's just something that happens when you worship. It's like it's like fragrance, as it says in John 12. Jesus was anointed with perfume by a woman who was only described as someone who had led a sinful life. And then in verse 3 it says, Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it wiping his feet with her hair. And hear this, the house was filled with the fragrance. The house was filled with the fragrance of her worship. Yes, it was a physical thing. Yes, it was a practical thing that she used. But I'm believing that as we worship, there's going to be a smell that comes over this church. It is going to infuse itself into the walls of this church, like kind of like mold, but a good mold. It's going to infuse itself into, into our spirit so that when people are near to us, when people walk into the space, they, they can just smell the fragrance of worship that is alive and happening at Life Church. When people walk into our church, I want, a worship, I want our worship to carry a fragrance of heaven so tangible it gets stuck on us and stuck on everywhere that we are. Amen. The second thing that we're believing for this year is a new wind of personal purpose. A new wind of personal purpose. Not just personal, uh, not just purpose as a collective. Not just, not just purpose as, as a, as a group or not just purpose as a, as a church as a whole, but personal purpose. Guess what gives a church a great sense of purpose when individuals, each and, each and every single person has purpose from God. And any great wind of the Holy Spirit led to people knowing inherently what they were here to do. We need to know what we're here to do. The person on your left, that, that way for you, the person on your right, the person behind you, in front of you, myself, Sophie, and everybody in this church, we all need to live with a sense of deep purpose. Why is that? A new wind brings a new direction. A new direction. The wind is coming. Holy Spirit, wind is coming, and he's wanting you to take you in a new direction. If you've been in a job too long, he wants to bring it a new direction to your life. If you've been sitting stagnant for too long, he wants to bring new purpose to you. If, if you've been, if you've been, uh, maybe you've been wanting to do something for a long time, but you haven't had the courage to do it, 
a new wind is coming to bring you into a new direction. Amen. Second Timothy first, uh, 1, 6 and 8 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Fan into flame. That's an active thing. That's a personal thing. That's a, that's a my responsibility thing to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, which means that we need people in our lives to pray and anoint us and to be with us. Verse 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, amen, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, not because of anything we have done, not because of anything you've done, certainly not because of anything I've done, but because of his own purposes and his grace, but because of his purpose and his grace. Like we talked about on Sunday, when you live a life in the pursuit of Jesus, his purposes become your own. Amen. And don't wait to be told what to do. Use what is in you to heal the sick, cast out devils, and make disciples. That's what we're told to do. We don't need permission to do it. We don't need to be asked to do it. You don't need a life group leader to come and push you on. That's what we're called to do. We need a personal purpose for what we are called to do and where we are right now. The third thing that we're believing for this year is a new wind of the miraculous. 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 It's a miracle that we need as a church. What's the type of God that you serve? What, what's, what's, what's the God that you see? What is, what, is the, what is the Christian life that you want to live? Are you happy with a Sunday service that goes well but doesn't touch heaven? Are you, are you happy with the week that, that, that kind of you spend another week that's gone by but you don't see a miracle of God moving in you and through you? And all of us, myself included, I want to see miracles happen. But it is not by my own strength. It is not by what I, what I do. It is a new wind of Holy Spirit with what he wants to do. A new wind bring, brings an ease of momentum. When you've got a wind at your back, when the wind is blowing at your back, what does it do? It just makes it easy to glide along. And what we're saying is not by our power, it's not by our strength, but it's by the grace of God we can do what we are called to do. What is impossible with man is possible to God. Amen. It's impossible to us. We can't do it. I can't, I can't in my own power lay hands on anybody and, and, and allow them to be healed. I can't do anything, anything like that. But what is impossible to us is possible to God. We're believing for a church. Come on. Is anybody alive out there? Anybody love Jesus? Anybody believing for a new winds? A new wind of worship? A new wind of personal purpose? A new wind of the miraculous? That is what we're believing for. That's what I feel the Holy Spirit's directing us to. And we're going there with, I don't even know what the, the, the saying is, but we're going there all the way. By the seat of our pants if we have to. We're going to get there. We're going to move there. Not by what we can do, but what Holy Spirit is doing Himself. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. That's fantastic, isn't it? I love all of that. I think that's brilliant. I want a new window of worship. I want a, I want a new wind of personal purpose. I, I want a, I want a new wind. I, I want a new wind of all of it. I, 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 I want to see a, 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 a new wind of the miraculous come into this church. But what does it mean to me? And so tonight I want you to write down six things of how it applies. I know it's the, I know, I know it's not the best number. Uh, don't, don't worry about that. All right. 
I, I, I do know what that means, all right? But let's, let's look past the number, all right? And let's look to what God is doing, all right? So if you're like, oh, number six, oh, I don't know about that. Just write number seven and leave it blank and you can fill it out later on in the year, all right? The first thing, the first thing, a new wind requires unusual unity. This, this, is, what, this is what I'm saying. This is what, how it applies to us. This is what a new wind requires of, of us. If we want to be ready, I'm not saying that in our power that we do it, but I'm saying if we want to be ready for the new wind, then us collectively and individually need to be ready with the, in, in the right way, positioned well to receive that and to be in it. And a new wind requires unusual unity. Verse 1, it says, of the text we read before in Acts, they were all together in one place. How many of them? All of them. All of them were all together in one place. In the New King James Version, it says they were all with one accord in one place. They weren't just all together. They were all of one accord. They, they, they were all singing the same thing. They were all believing the same thing. They were all going in the same direction. Yes, they had their different personalities. Yes, they did have their own spiritual gifts. Well, not yet. Anyway, never mind. That came like a few seconds later. But they were all together with one accord. Jesus had just returned to heaven. They were all left on their own. It could have been tempting to move on from there to do their own thing. It really could have. Oh, Jesus is gone. Now you said Holy Spirit. What's a Holy Spirit? I don't know. What's the Spirit to you? I don't know. All right, let's just go back to fishing. They could have done whatever they wanted to do. But they were all still together. They were, were still together. I want to say... My mama taught me this. The two most commonly used weapons of the enemy are distraction and division. The, the, two, the two things, the, the two weapons that the devil wants to use in every, in every circumstance is always, it's always distraction or division. Distraction is just getting your mind off the, wrong, uh, off the right thing. Distraction is just putting your mind to your work. It's distraction is just making, I don't, I don't know how many Instagram followers you have, the main thing of your life. It's just distraction. It's a distraction. It's not a, it's not a bad thing necessarily, but it's a good thing that is actually inherently evil. That's deep. Okay, let's move on. Distraction, and the second one is division. The devil will do anything he can to divide the two groups that he, he hates most. And guess what are the two groups that he hates the most? It's families and it's the church. The two groups that the devil hates the most is, the, is families, your family, my family, everybody's family, he hates family. He, he hates it. He hates when people are together. He hates the fact that you're married. He hates the fact that you have a relationship with your father or your mother. He hates the fact that you love your, love your children. He hates the fact that you're going to go home tonight and, and uh, have a really nice time together. He hates the fact that you pray with your spouse. He hates the fact that you all come to church on Sunday. He'll do anything he can. Let me tell you, he'll do anything he can to ruin, to destroy, to interrupt, and to become in between your family. He'll do anything. He'll do anything. The second thing I said is that he wants to do anything to bring disunity, interruption, hurt, pain, disappointment to the church. And so what I want to say is don't be surprised as we experience a new wind for you to experience a new attack on the church or on your family's unity. Don't be, don't be surprised as we experience a new wind and you just, whoa, what's going on there? Because I know the devil, all he wants to do, he knows if he, just, if, he just, if he just brings division to your family or brings division to the church, he will stop it before it even starts. And I want to say refuse to allow disunity any place any longer. Refuse it. No, we're not going to have that. We, we refuse as a church 
And we refuse, my, my own family, myself and Sophie, we're going to refuse to allow disunity any place in our, in our lives. We need to be intentional with how we respond to an issue. See beyond the attitude. See beyond the words. See beyond the offense. See beyond the dis- disagreement. See beyond the pride. See beyond the disappointment again. And see the person in front of you through the eyes of your spirit and rebuke the part the enemy is playing to behind the obvious. There is something going on behind what we see with our own eyes. There is something going behind an attitude. There is something behind a disappointment. And as we see with the eyes of the spirit in our families and in our church, we will allow disunity to have no place in it. Myself and Sophie, we have, we have arguments. We've had about one, I think, so far. But you know, you can allow that to sit. You can allow that to linger. And I'm not saying by any means that I'm a perfect husband. I've only been married for a, for a few years now when I know that there's 90% of the people in this room could give me advice till the cows come home about how to live a good life and how to have a good marriage. So I'm not saying, I'm not giving you, I'm, 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 just, I'm just sharing my heart. The fact that myself and Sophie, we could allow stuff to sit. And I know that there have been times that I've allowed things to sit and I'll spend time with God. The first thing he usually always says to me is, Go bring reconciliation with your wife. Go deal with it. So, but I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to deal with that later. <laughs> But every time Holy Spirit says, but yes, but you are the man of the house. You're the covering of the family that I've given you. I've entrusted to you, my, my beautiful daughter, Sophie. So you need to be a man to step up, to be the covering of the house, to lead the way, not follow behind and go apologize to your wife. Not because you didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but because there was disunity brought in your marriage. Okay. We need to do that with each other too. In this church, if you have a disappointment with someone, if you have a disagreement with somebody, it might be a small thing, but who knows that it only takes a small thing to become a big thing. Who knows that it only takes one person over in China to get sick one day to receive a virus and for it to spread all across the world. We're not, well, it's all, not all over the world. We, we hope it won't. But who knows it just needs to start with one person, with one small thing, and it can spread like wildfire. We need to stop it while it's small before it becomes big. If you've got an issue with somebody, the Bible says to go to your brother and to confront them, talk about it, do it. We can talk about that another time. Right, let's move on. <laughs> I've been a youth pastor, so I've had to kind of like look into what the Bible says about disagreements because, uh, wow, young people. Uh, number two, a new wind requires active expectation. A new wind requires active expectation. I, I reckon it is far too easy to be cynical these days. It is far too easy to be cynical these days. There are too many things out there. There are so many thoughts. There are so many opinions. There are so many new things and new companies being birthed every day. New people like kind of show what's going on in their lives. There's stuff going on all the time. And with all this information and opinions and stuff, it is so easy for us as Christians to become cynical. And I heard someone say recently that comfortable Christians will always become cynical Christians. Comfortable Christians will always become cynical Christians. Are you living for what you expect God to do in the future? 
Or are you living from the disappointments of your past? What are you living for? What are you living with? Are you living a life that is actively expectant? Or are you living a life that is just regretting what has happened in the past? Or hoping for something in the past? Or longing for that thing that God did one time back then? Or longing for that time that you went overseas? Or longing for that relationship you had? Or longing for, you know, the, the church as it was? Or, or longing for the purple carpet that everybody absolutely loved? That didn't get as many laughs as I thought it would. Are you living for, from the disappointments that you've had? Or expecting, living for what you expect to do in the future? We get, I, I, heard, I heard someone say this recently. I think, uh, I, can't, I can't remember exactly, but Andy would know. And we, from, from Life Keys, they say that we can all either be spectating in the grandstand or participating in the game. We can all be spectating or we can be participating in the game, but we all get to decide if we want to be in the team. And we, we, we all need to be in the team. We, we all need to say that I'm going to be expecting things for God. I'm not going to wait. You could easily sit back and say, I'm going to give it three years. I'm going to sit in the back row. No offense. And uh, I, I, I'm, just going to, I'm just going to see how this thing plays out. I'm going to see uh, Zan and Sophie. I'm going to wait until they've proven themselves. I'm going to wait until some great things happen. I'm going to wait for this new win to come. And if it doesn't happen, I, I get the easy ticket because I can just say, yeah, I knew it. I knew it all along. It wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen. And if it does happen, oh, even better. I just get to jump on in. Fantastic. Nobody even knew. <laughs> I was even, I was envisioned. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was an amazing night. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And where, where are you at with this? Let, let's jump on board. Let's, let's be part of the team. Let's not leave it to your, your, leave it to your life group leader. When you're in a prayer meeting with your life group, don't wait until the leader, for, for the leader to pray. Jump on in. Jump on. When, when worship is happening, don't wait until the song that you like comes on. Well, don't wait until the sound gets right. These guys are working hard at it. Let me tell you, they're working all the time. Everybody is just trying to do their best for God. We're trying to bring our best for God. I, I know that everybody here has a good heart, but we can stand back and say, once I've sorted that out, got that sorted out, or everything's come together, then I'm, I'm going to be part of it. But it doesn't start with an action. It starts in your spirit. Allow your spirit to be actively expectant for what God wants to do. Amen? Number three, a new wind requires personal devotion. We've spoken a lot about this because that is, this is something that's dear to my heart. But God can't use you for what you won't allow to flow through you. God can't use you for what you won't allow to flow, flow through you. You can put it another way. What comes out of you must first be within you. What comes out must be in and we can't lead someone publicly where we're not willing to devote ourselves privately. You can't, you can't lead somebody publicly. You can't lead somebody with your life. You can't lead somebody in, in, in an area of your life where you're, not, where you're not able or willing to go yourself. I'm not saying that you need to climb the mountaintop, but what I am saying is that you need to take that first step. And as you take that first step up the mountain, turn around and, and, and encourage somebody to take that next step too. And then take the next step up the mountain. Turn around and say, hey, come on up. I've got this far. You can too. And then take the next step up and say, oh, come on. You can do it. I've gone this, this far. You can develop that. You can grow in that. You can work on that to come up here too. And step by step by step, we're not just standing back watching as it goes. We are in it personally. Personal devotion. Moses bowed down before God privately before he stood before Pharaoh publicly. 
Daniel bowed before God privately before he stood before King Nebuchadnezzar publicly. David bowed before God privately before he stood before God publicly. Esther bowed before God privately before he stood before King... Uh, really, I'm, I'm working on that one. Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus? Yeah, that's the one. King Xerxes. King Xerxes. Paul bowed before God privately on the road to Damascus before he stood before Caesar. In Acts 27, 24. Even Jesus routinely went away from the people to personally pray and seek his Father. Let's not just have a personal devotion to Jesus when things aren't going well. Let's not wait until, oh no, everything's going well. Now I will read my Bible. We can live our lives with only an occasional want for help from Holy Spirit when a new wind of Holy Spirit requires a daily need for help from Holy Spirit. A daily need. We're not just waiting until we need it, waiting until we want it. We need it every day. Let's live our lives by growing in our ability to tune into Holy Spirit's voice. Ten years ago, if Sophie started talking on the other side of the room, guess what would happen? If a room was full, I wouldn't be able to hear her at all. But we've been married for a while now, so even even when the, when the house is absolutely chocking, we've got a few hundred people in this place, and I'm way over there, and Sophie is way over there, and, and Sophie starts to speak, or Sophie laughs especially, guess what I can hear through the thick of the noise, through all the crowd, through all the people talking, guess the voice that I can hear. It is the voice of my wife. Why is that? Because I've spent time personally devoted to her, privately before I try to listen to her publicly. If you want to listen to the Holy Spirit, all it takes is a personal devotion privately, day upon day upon day, so when you need Him most, you can hear Him when the world is around you talking. Amen? Number four, a new wind. This is going to go directly against everything we know as Kiwis. A new wind requires an awareness of authority. Oh, that hurt. Oh, don't. No, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want that. But a new wind does require of us to have an awareness of authority. And two things we all need to be aware of when it comes to authority. First of all, the authority that I carry, not, not me, you carry, the, the authority that we carry personally, and secondly, the authority that I am under. To put it simply, having authority comes from being under authority. And today I don't stand before you because I walked into Life Church one day and I said, everybody, I am now the lead pastor of this church. Everybody will look at me and say, no, you're not. I'd say, smash down that wall. I wouldn't say this anyway. Okay, let's, let's look at something. Um, change the lights of those, or change the color of those lights. And people would just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Because I just walked in and, and, and demanded authority. No, I only have authority to speak here tonight because of a group of elders who are the covering of our church prayed myself into the position of being lead pastor. I don't have authority because I have authority. I have authority because I, have, I am under the authority of the elders of this church. I'm only an accredited pastor because New Life Movement that we are under have authority over us to accredit myself and Sophie to be the pastors that we are. And so we need to know that we have authority personally, but we also are under authority. Let's move on because I could spend a whole lot more time on that. Number five, we could, we could talk about that on another side of any church. It's going to be great. Bring all your friends to that Sunday. <laughs> oh, good times. Number five, a new wind requires a removal of the fear of man. We all need 
I say that really strongly, but we all need the removal of the fear of man in our lives. The wind of the Holy Spirit will be stopped in an instant as soon as you stop concentrating, focus on what Holy Spirit is doing, and when you look to the sides to see what all the spectators are doing. The fear of man, sorry, the fear of God leads to obedience to faith. The fear of God leads to obedience to faith. The fear of man leads to obedience to feelings. I'll say that again for the people in the back. Amen. The fear of God leads to obedience to faith. We need to be obedient to faith. But the fear of man leads to obedience to feelings. The fear of man will stop you from being the answer to someone else's prayer. 2 Timothy 1, 7. We already, we already shared the scripture. For God has not given us the spirit of what? For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if he didn't give it to you, then you've received it from somewhere else. If he did not give us a spirit of fear and you have fear of the men, the, the women, the people in your life, where did that come from? Because it didn't come from God. So if you've been receiving from someone or something else, have you put a plug on the things that you are meant to already have received from God? If we're receiving from somewhere, have you stopped what is coming from God? And we need to make sure that we put the plug in the right hole and receive from God completely. Stop what isn't meant to be there and receive from God and all that he has for you. Because what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say after that? But he gives us power, love, and self-discipline and a few other things. He gives us power. He gives us love and he gives us self-discipline. And you can never be authentically you when you're attached to a spirit of fear. Do not allow the spirit of fear to come upon you this year when it comes to man. Do not allow the spirit of fear to hold you back when you've got a word from God for the person across the room. Do not let this, uh, a spirit of fear of man come, come upon you when you want to encourage that person, but you're, you're thinking, oh, that person doesn't need my encouragement because, you know, look at them. They, they, they kind of, you know, think that they look like they've got it all together. Who am I to give them encouragement? They should be encouraging me. I need encouragement. What about me? I mean, nobody ever encourages me, God. Like, well, what's going on with that? Oh, nobody wants to encourage me. Oh, geez, I'm just going to sit over here and cry. And it moves from a position of being obedient to God by our faith, and it's an outward expression, to being a fear of man, and it becomes intrinsically inward and self-focused. Stop it. Amen. Number six. The team can come up. They'll be absolutely fantastic. A new wind requires, requires, a new wind requires complete obedience. And I'm talking about complete obedience to the call of the Holy Spirit. What is he saying to you? Do you hear the whisper urging you to talk to the person next to you in line at McDonald's? Not that any of us go to McDonald's. I mean, we all go to pack and save. Come on. We are Palmerstonians. We go to pack and save. We could get get the deals. We get a bit of salad, protein. That's all we need. What are you talking about, Zion? Let's continue on. If Holy Spirit tells you to pray for your sick co-worker and you've heard his voice, personal devotion, or have moved the fear of man, and all that stands away is a little bit of obedience, are you willing to take the faith step to pray for the person that he's calling you to? Like I said before, answered prayers come in the form of people. 
the prayers of people, the, 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 the prayers that people are praying right now is answered by the people that are in this room. The person that is home right now on a Tuesday night praying to God, a God that they might even not know, praying to God for, uh, for friendship. The, the people in our city right now that are praying for hope. People right now that are praying for uh, something to remove this pain. The, 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 the person today that is, that is praying for, for someone just to help them out. Those prayers are answered by the people that are here tonight. God uses people for his glory. And yes, there is a time for the miraculous when, when, when the divine happens and something happens within the body and someone is healed incredibly well. I know that there will be moments, and there have been moments in the past, where, where, where heaven has intervened. But by and by, 99% of the time, answer, our prayers are answered by people. The measure to which Holy Spirit will work through you is completely dependent on your measure of obedience to his call. Come up, singers. Come on up. Say that again. The measure to which Holy Spirit will work through you is completely dependent on your measure of obedience to his call. So let's let's see. Let's say, will you, Lord? Will you go, Lord? I'll follow. It's a dangerous prayer. It's very dangerous. God, if you speak it, I'll do it. God, if you whisper it, I'll listen to it and then make it happen. We need people that are dangerous with what they pray and dangerous with how they listen and outwork what God is saying. I heard someone say recently too that if you're saved, then you are assigned. You kind of don't get a choice. If you're you're saved by Jesus, then you're assigned by Jesus. And the assignment is always to be obedient to what he's calling us to do. So as we move on and the band starts playing really spiritual music behind me, what can I do? There's a few things that you can do. Be present in the room. Be present in the room. When something is happening, be present in the room. I'm not saying at the expense of your family, at the expense of your sanity, the expense of your health, the expense of your soul. We all need to rest and we all need to be wise around that. But where you can, we are able to be in the room. And services from the 19th of April, 19th of April, which is the week after Easter, will be catered primarily to minister, uh, to primarily to ministry and to allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow. Like I said, we all, we all have authority, but we need to come under authority. And the safest place for the expression of the Holy Spirit to outwork itself is an expression of our obedience to the authority that He's placed us right now. Amen? Like, like that was so powerful. Joe, uh, Rocky, their, their presence is so powerful. I was, I was so moved by that. If you, if you just pray, near my list, make that. Secondly, get acquainted with the gifts of the Spirit that have been imparted into you. Get acquainted. Get acquainted with the gifts of the Spirit that have been imparted into you. If you need to do a test, uh, if, if, yes, I'm not saying go to a doctor. It's like, oh, oh nothing. No, <laughs> and we'll be doing this late, later on this year uh, for everybody as a whole, for everybody to know the gifts of, of the Spirit that have been imparted into each and every single person. So we're going to do this collectively, but if you want to get ahead of the curb, Sophie will tell you what to do. Right? <laughs> She'll send you a link. <laughs> yeah, that'll be amazing. Seek the gifts of the Spirit. Seek the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible tells us that. Seek the gifts of the Spirit. So if you don't have it, seek it. 
Thirdly, be available to you uh, to be used as a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Be available to be used as a vessel of Holy Spirit. Those three things we can do. Be present, get acquainted, be available. Amen. How about you stand to your feet? I want to say one more thing to us. I just want to declare these things. I wrote them down together and I just, I just feel that with a declaration of what Holy Spirit is wanting to do, then we're, we're, we're going to be praying that he seals it, he delivers it, because he's a good God that cares, knows, understands, and hears us. Amen. How about we just reach out our hands right there? So if, do whatever you want. You can do the carry the TV, or you can do the put up the light bulb, or you can do the pressing on the ceiling. Whatever is good for you, you, you do that. He's uh, doing the, the, the handlebar thing. I'm serious. Seriously. 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 Don't let my personality get in the way of what's happening. Come on, let's reach out our hands. Come on, let's believe that God, the God is a good God and He's got a new wind. I want to declare this over every single one of us. 2020 will be the year that a new wind of the Holy Spirit will blow in and through the people of Life Church. We are believing for a new wind of anointed worship. We are believing for a new wind of people living with God-given, Holy Spirit-gifted purpose. We are believing for a new wind of the impossible to become possible in the miraculous, for the lost to be saved, for the saved to be baptized in water and the Holy Spirit, for the baptized to be discipled, for the disciples to serve, and for every person to lead others in such a way that they will desire to do the same. We will be united, expectant, personally devoted, aware of the authority we carry and the authority we serve under. We remove any fear of man and take captive every thought to be obedient to Christ. A new wind of the Holy Spirit, His presence of power will flow through the church that is Life Church. Amen. Come on, let's spend a few moments worshiping. Let's welcome Him out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.